Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope that this message will both teach and encourage you. Here's today's message. Good morning. Oh, it is on. Okay. We were having trouble with it earlier, so I wasn't sure how that was going to work. But, uh, well, good morning. morning. It's good to see all of you here. Smiling faces. I like smiling faces, not frowny faces. Benjamin's making funny faces. (laughs) Just told on him. That's just, it's not. It is not. Anyway, um, we're going to talk today. You may have noticed this suitcase up here. We're going to talk today about pack your bags. Who likes to go on vacation? Yep. Do you like to pack? No. Okay. Some yes, some no. But we like to go, right? Okay. So we're going to talk about packing our bags this morning. Because packing well for a journey is important. It's important that we pack the right things. Uh, we went to Fredericksburg last summer, and they were talking about the German immigrants and how they had come over. Uh, a couple of things struck me is they landed in the, uh, the Gulf, the coast of Texas down the Gulf, and there were supposed to be wagons and stuff there to help bring them to the, the place they were going to settle, and there weren't. So a lot of them walked, or if they could find a wagon, but a lot of them walked to the place that they were going to settle. And it wasn't necessarily Fredericksburg. They were actually going to go a little bit further north, but they liked it there, so they ended up staying there. But one of the things that was strange to me, too, I guess it shouldn't be, but you can't just bring all of your stuff. I mean, you're on a ship, space is limited, and so they had a trunk per family, one trunk per family. And so you have to pack correctly. You're going to a country you don't know anything about. You need to have supplies. You need to have clothes. You need to have all of that. But this one family had this grandfather clock that had been in their family for generations. And they didn't want to leave it behind, so they dismantled it. And they put that in their trunk. And they brought that over with them. I thought that was pretty ingenious, actually. But so when you're packing, you need a couple of things, either something really important to you or you need stuff that you're going to be able to use when you get to your destination. Brian and I have two totally different modes of packing. Brian has a list that he will add to over time. And so when it comes time to pack, he goes down, he checks it off, and he's good to go. I have a different mode of packing. My mode is I make sure all my clothes are clean ahead of time. But the day we're going to leave, I get up, I get my shower, as I, and then I put my my shampoo and hair products aside because I know I'm going to need those on the trip. And then as I put my makeup on, I put that aside because I know I'm going to need that. And then when I'm totally ready to go, I go out and I'm thinking, okay, we're going to be gone for five days, so three or four pair of shorts, because, you know, you can change tops. Nobody's going to know you got the same shorts on, right? So then I think, okay, but I'm going to need at least ten shirts, because you always want to be able to switch out. And what if I don't want to wear a shirt I think I might want to wear today, and I want to wear something else? So I'll put all these things. So I'm basically going through and throwing stuff in my suitcase the morning we're going to leave. 
Now, this results in a couple of issues. <laughs> One is either I don't have enough stuff, or two, I might have too much stuff. I know one time we were going on a cruise, and we got down to Galveston, and I'm getting ready that morning because Brian has to go a day ahead because, you know, we don't want to miss the boat. So we have to leave a day ahead, stay in a hotel so we don't miss the boat. So I'm getting up to get ready, and I'm like, I don't have any flip-flops. I forgot my flip-flops. All I have are tennis shoes. I don't want to wear tennis shoes the whole time. So we said, well, that's okay. We'll go buy some. And that's when the light bulb went over on, off on my head. Ding, ding. I can just forget stuff. Because Brian will let me go to the store and buy new stuff. <laughs> no, that wouldn't, that wouldn't work too much. That wouldn't work. But you've got to pack correctly for a trip. And we are all on a journey. We are on a journey to heaven. We want to make sure we get there. There are things the Bible says will keep us from getting to our destination. But some of our bags are packed with it. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. So Galatians 5, 19 through 20. And I used the common English Bible, which I've never used before. But the reason I did is I was looking back at the original Greek of some of the words in the King James. And this more closely than anything else that I found went back with the original language on these scriptures. I'm not saying on everything, but on these scriptures. So I'm using this. It says, The actions that are produced by selfish motives are obvious, since they include sexual immorality, moral corruption, doing whatever feels good, idolatry, drug use and casting spells, hate, fighting, obsession, losing your temper, competitive opposition, Conflict, selfishness, group rivalry, jealousy, drunkenness, partying, and other things like that. I warn you, as I have already warned you, that those who do these things, these kinds of things won't inherit God's kingdom. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Pretty plain. So selfish motives will never put you in good standing with God. Never, never, ever, 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 never will never put you in good standing with God. Sometimes we tend to think it'll be okay. This little thing is okay or that little thing is okay. But if it's a selfish motive, it's not okay. Romans 5, 8 through, sorry, Romans 8, 5 through 6, my dyslexia just jumped in. People whose lives are based on selfishness think about Selfish things. But people whose lives are based on the Spirit think about things that are related to the Spirit. The attitude that comes from selfishness leads to death, but the attitude that comes from the Spirit leads to life and peace. So the first question is, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? And I've got some things in our suitcase here that too many of us think about sometimes. I might need some help. Oh, there we go. Okay. Here's one. Fighting. Sometimes we just fight. You may not be able to read this back there. I don't know. But this weighs down your suitcase. If you're fighting with people, 
You know, there are people who it seems like they're always fighting with somebody. There's always somebody they're not happy with, you know. So these are the kind of things we need to get out of our suitcase. And how about sexual sin? That's something we need to get out of our suitcase, huh? We need to be careful what we're letting in, what we watch on TV, what we're reading, what we're looking at, what we're listening to on the radio. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard this day and time. Because i got to tell you, the other day, and I'm just going to be honest, Brian and I were watching a show we thought was perfectly fine. We thought it was okay. And all of a sudden, there's this naked woman on the show. And I'm like... Close your eyes, close your eyes. And I'm trying to change the channel. <laughs> but you, I mean, it jumps out, it just jumps out at you. You can be doing everything right, everything you think is right, but then you have those images in your head. And that can lead to sexual sin. We've got to be careful. Anger. Losing our temper. I've told you before, and I've been very transparent about it, that this is my one thing that I struggle with sometimes is anger. Because, I mean, man, it just hits you. And I don't think I yell anymore, but as a teenager, I probably did. It would, you know, because you're young and you don't know how to control things back then. But, but uh, anger, we don't need to be angry. You know, in James it says, The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So we're not doing anything for the Lord if we're angry all the time. We're not doing anything for him. I have a, we had a patient come into the place where I work this past week. And uh, actually she had, I didn't know it was her, but I had seen IMs going around the day before that some of the schedulers were like, Oh, I got this lady on the phone can somebody take this call I can't seem to make her happy so somebody else said okay I'll take it and then the first person said okay I'll pray for you <laughs> so it was like nobody wanted her so and this went around and so somebody then somebody said um, okay can somebody call her back I'm not making her happy either can, can a manager call her back so one of the other ladies said yeah I'll call her back and they said okay you better pray first so I'm thinking, man, this lady must be pretty rough, you know. So the next day, this lady comes in, and I can hear somebody kind of with a loud voice. I'm at the front desk, and but she wasn't, like, out of control, so I just kind of let it be. I didn't feel the need to have to go out there or anything. But uh, then they came and got me because they took her back for a procedure, and they said, none of us should have to put up with this kind of abuse. And I'm like, well, what's going on? Well, in a medical facility, when somebody comes in, you call their name. You want two patient identifiers. You want to know, like, their first name, date of birth. It's good to say, what are you here for, too, to make sure. Because there have been times when things have been done on the wrong person. So they call a last name. She stands up. They say, can you tell me your first name and your date of birth? She goes, no, that's my information, and I shouldn't have to tell you that. So they knew they were in trouble at that point. So then they, 
they said, well, ma'am, you know, we have to have this. We can't do a procedure on you without this. I mean, you've got to tell us this. That is my HIPAA information, and you are asking for my information, and I shouldn't have to give it. So they said, well, we can't do your procedure then. And so finally she gave it, but then she's picking out people she wants to assist in her procedure and other people she does not. And it just was going from bad to worse. And so I went and talked to the doctor, and I said, look, you know, this is what's going on. He goes, well, nobody should have to take that. So the um, supervisor of that area said, hey, come with me. I don't want you to go in the room with me because I don't want to look like it, we're ganging up on anybody. But if I need you as backup, can you be outside the room? So I said, sure. So I'm standing outside the room, and I hear her, and she goes, you know, ma'am, we want to take care of you. We want, we just, we want to respect you. We want to do the best we can for you. We just ask for mutual respect back. That's all we ask. You respect us. We respect you. Is that okay? And she called her sister. Is that okay, sister? Lady goes, I am not your sister. Don't call me sister. And then she finally said, okay, look, I don't think we're going to be able to do this today. And then the lady said, Oh, well, you want me to apologize? Fine. I'm sorry. We're like, no, that's okay. (laughs) So we ended up not seeing her. But see, if I had been angry or any of my staff had been angry, can you imagine what would have happened? That would have been bad news because it would have just escalated the whole thing. So you got to be careful with anger. We don't want to, to be angry and lose our temper. And then conflict. Always being in conflict with somebody. I, uh, you know, there are times when, like, you have a group of people, an office full of people, and it seems like there's always conflict going on, but there's always one person who seems to be in it in every, in everything. And so you can kind of figure out who's stirring the pot there, you know? So we don't want to be a pot stirrer, do we? And we don't want to cause conflict wherever we go either. So that's something we should be taking out of our suitcase. Drunkenness. The Bible talks about drunkenness. Doesn't do you any good to get drunk. Have you ever been around a drunk person? Sometimes they're highly amusing. I will say that. But... They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They don't make good decisions. They make poor decisions. So that's something that we need to make sure we don't have in our suitcase. And then, ooh, idolatry. What is taking the place of God in your life? Sometimes they're not bad things. Like sometimes it could be your husband or your wife taking the number one spot in your life instead of God. It can be our children, our grandchildren. Those are all things God has blessed us with. But it shouldn't be number one. God should be number one. So we don't want to put anything in the number one spot in our life except God. And then... Jealousy. Have you ever been jealous of somebody? I think we all have, probably. 
You know, jealousy, sometimes it's even in the church as far as being jealous because whenever a certain person prays for people, they seem to be healed or the spirit seems to really move or what have you or they're a good speaker or they're a good singer or all of that stuff and we get jealous of their spiritual gifts. But God has spiritual gifts for us that we are supposed to cultivate. He made you you. He made me me. And believe me, you don't want two of me. So, (laughs) but we all want to be what God designed us to be. So don't be jealous. We need to get that out of our suitcase too. And then, this last one, just whatever feels good. Just do whatever feels good to you. That's not what we're supposed to do. Because a lot of times, I mean, sometimes sin is fun for a little while. It's fun for a little while, for a season, until it drags us down and then we see where we're at. But whatever feels good, we need to be careful that we're doing what God wants us to do and not just whatever feels good. So we need to think about what we're thinking about. I have a gentleman who works with me, and I may have used him as an example before, actually. But um, he was really down, and he had some stuff going on in his life, and he was depressed. But um, I walked in one day, and he said, Have you heard there's a shooting in Fort Worth, and then there's two kids missing in some other place? And I'm like, What are you doing? And he said, What do you mean? And I said, you're, you're feeding your depression. I said, that's what you're doing. You're just making yourself more depressed. You need to be filling your head with something that's going to be a little bit uplifting because if you're zoned in on the news all the time, you're going to be depressed. Nothing good's going on out there that they report. So we've got to be careful about what we're thinking about and what we're feeding in our life. We don't want to feed the wrong things. We need to feed the spirit and not the flesh. And then what do you spend your time doing? What do you do? Are you on Facebook all day? Do you do that instead of reading your Bible? You know, what are you doing? What What are you putting your hands to, and what are you working at? Um, are your activities bringing you closer to God, farther away from God? Those are all things we need to think about. And where you spend your time is an indicator of where your heart is. You know, just think about, do I spend all day doing fruitless stuff, stuff that doesn't really matter? Not that things are bad. I'm not saying you have to be in your Bible every second of every day, reading your Bible all the time. But it needs to be a routine. It needs to be a part of your daily walk with the Lord. And we don't need to to, uh, get away from that. And then what is your attitude? What is your attitude? How do you view God or other people? Do you think God's out to get you? Do you think God is just up there waiting for you to mess up? He has got a long list of rules that he you have to just go by every rule. He has no mercy. And he's just waiting, thinking, I'm going to get her the minute she messes up. I'm going to... I think of that game where things pop up. I don't even know what it's called, and you you try to hit it. Whack-a-mole. Okay, thank you. Sometimes we view God that way. 
that he's just out there to get us, you know? But he's not. He's a loving God. He's a merciful God. He wants us to make it to heaven, you know? And then how do you view people? I will tell you, I didn't view the woman at work the other day who was angry and causing havoc in a very good light. But I have to not do that. I have to look back and think, okay, maybe her life must be miserable. I mean, she has had some kind of trauma somewhere or something for her to act like this and to treat people like this. And cannot she, She's not in a good place when you act that way. So we've got to try to see behind and give people some grace too. God gives us grace. We need to give people grace as well. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against things like this. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified self with its passions and its desires. So what kind of fruit are you producing in your life? I can tell you, once you get all this stuff out, your suitcase is light because, whoop, I mean, I can pick it up now and it's not a problem. I couldn't pick it up before. My husband had to bring it up here (laughs) because I couldn't do it. It was too heavy. But once you get that stuff out, then you're on your way to your journey and it's easy. You can just make it and go. But when you have all that stuff in it, you're not going to make it. You're not. So you've got to clean out your suitcase but you need to replace it with some stuff so you need to replace it with love you know love is that wind at your back just kind of pushes you up it's like when you're going actually when you're going downhill brian and i i know i've uh y'all know this too but we went on a hike to a glacier in alaska which was like seven miles uphill it was hard and we're too old for that is way too hard but coming down was easy coming down was great because we were on the easy track at that point and i thought well i could roll down now i mean it's gonna gonna be fine but um but so it's it that part's easy but when you're going uphill it's hard when you don't have the fruit of the spirit with you it's like you're going uphill so the fruit of the spirit is just that love is just what you need first of all And then joy. Don't we want to be joyful, happy people? Nobody wants to be around somebody who's down in the mud all the time. We want to be happy people. And then peace, that tranquility, harmony, safety, that feeling of peace, like all is right with the world. We've all had moments like that where we think, oh, this is just wonderful. It's so peaceful. Patience. I'm not the most patient person. But we need to have patience. Got to have patience. Kindness. And these are all things that the Holy Spirit gives us. Goodness or uprightness of heart. Faithfulness. Gentleness. A lot of times we think gentleness is just that gentle touch. Or just being really soft and kind of kind like that. But gentleness actually, when you look back at the original Greek, it means moral goodness, integrity integrity now nobody seems to know what integrity means anymore 
my company, that was one of our values, but they wanted to change it so that everybody kind of understood it better. So they changed it to do the right thing, which integrity is do the right thing, but I thought it was kind of sad that nobody knew what the word integrity meant anymore. But do the right thing and self-control. Whoa, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we don't have self-control. We are all over the place at that point. We get angry, we get mad, we tell people off, we do everything that we shouldn't do. Um, But that self-control, we need to have it. We need to make sure we have it. So my question to you today is what have you packed for your journey? What have you packed? Do you pack like me and just throw all kinds of stuff in the suitcase and then you get there and it's half of it you don't need and some of it you forgot? Do you have stuff that's going to weigh you down on your journey to heaven? Are there things that you need to take out of your suitcase? Maybe when I was talking, something came to mind that, oh, okay, that's, that is an issue for me. Um, it, it, could be a, it could be jealousy. It could be you lose your temper a lot. or I mean, you know, I don't know what it is. But do you need to lighten your load? Do we need to get your load lighter? Any of these things need to be thrown out. So what we're going to do is I would like for uh, my husband to come, Brian to come, and lead in some more songs. And while he's doing that, if you have anything in your life that you need to just let go of, I want you to just symbolically come up to the front and just lay. You don't have to tell me what it is. You don't have to tell anybody what it is. Just come up here and pray about it and kind of symbolically just lay it there and leave it. I'm happy to pray with anybody who wants me uh, to pray with them. Uh, and you, like I said, I'm not asking anybody to tell tell me what it is. But we just want, as they come, to sing these last few songs that we would just think about what is it that you need to get out of your suitcase. All right, let's just pray a dismissal prayer. Lord, we just come before you wanting to be so in line with what you would have for each and every one of us. We don't want to carry around dead weight. We want to make it to the end of our journey. We want to be in heaven with you one day. We don't want anything to mess that up. So Lord, I pray that even throughout this week that you would show us things that maybe we're carrying around that we don't need to. Show us what we need to get rid of. And Father, show us what we need to embrace because we want to be on the same path with you. Lord, I ask that you would use each and every one of us for your glory, Father. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.